1: Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester, and with me as always is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's
2: going well. Excited to get to the second one of these. I I feel like there's a theme with the AFC East. Maybe we'll knock off all four AFCs first, and then we'll get to the divisions that actually have some intrigue this
1: season. (laughs) Yes, we started on day one with the uh, number one ranked New England Patriots. And we decided – you can't really call them division rivals because they don't have division rivals. right? But, yeah, we are staying in the it's division. It's like when I call
2: Bob Costas my coworker when I was at NBC. Like, we're not. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, the the Akiva Wieneker of NBC Sports is uh, our 27th-ranked Buffalo Bills. And here for the third year in a row to uh, discuss the Buffalo Bills with us is Dale Hodge. So, Dale, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, you get a three-timers jacket today.
3: Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it.
1: Um, so let's just jump right into it. Your team is uh, making trades fast and furious in the preseason. You're setting receivers out. You're bringing receivers in. The receivers you're bringing in are getting injured. Um, in, <laughs> in, in the offseason, your, your front office was doing their damnedest to uh, be as disrespectful as possible to your quarterback, who is, as we discussed on last night's Patriots podcast, by the standards of the AFC East in the Tom Brady era, he's probably, you know behind chad pennington probably the second best quarterback in the division in the last 15 years and tom brady obviously um but yeah so so how are you feeling as a bills fan it seems like uh, it's a little bit dark times right now
3: uh this is probably the 17th year in a row i'll say this but it's it's, it's a it's a rebuilding year it's a rebuilding year that's what we say every year but uh this year um obviously you know we had some major trades in the past couple days that um Probably <laughs> were very shocking to most people, but I think that there are some pretty smart moves. Um, I mean, basically we're setting ourselves up for next year's draft with six picks in the first three rounds.
2: Well, do you think you guys are tanking? Cause after those two trades, there was a lot of talk about tanking, but I mean, Ty- I think Tyra Taylor too good of a quarterback to tank with, frankly, like I don't, it, it, it's, it's unclear. Obviously, as you say, you're right. You are setting up for a big 2018, but are they try- Is the front office the Jets' front office is objectively trying to lose games this year, or trying their hardest not to win games? Would you say the same about the Bills or no?
3: No, no. I, I don't think they're trying to lose games. I think there are smart moves, but I don't think they're going to win the division. Uh, I I would highly doubt that they'd even make a a wild card. But um, I think they're going to end up what the Bills always do, which is ending up like eight and eight or nine and seven, and uh, you know, not make the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So, so what is the purpose? You're accumulating these picks, but you can't, you know, you, you can't think even if you wanted to, because as, as you know, as Akiva said, the Jets are pretty much two automatic wins in your division. So I, I guess you could shoot for like four and 12 or something, but you're not going to, you know, you're not going to win two or three games. You're going to win at least four or five, I would say at the bare minimum and probably, you know, closer to six or seven. Um, so, uh, you know, what, what, what is the plan here? You have, you know, Brandon Bean is your GM. Uh, Sean McDermott is your coach. Do either one of them inspire any confidence in you?
3: Yeah, I mean, really what they're trying to do is just – they're trying to clean house. This is a wholesale reconstruction of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they're trying to basically wash your hands of Rex Ryan and uh, basically trying to move forward with with, uh, with um, Brandon Bean and, and – uh, I'm blanking his name there. McDermott. Uh, yeah, McDermott, Sean McDermott. You know McDermott. So McDermott's yeah. only 43? I figured he was like 58. It no, like no. He's been he's... around forever. I know he's been around for a while, but he's he's fairly young. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is that they're they're basically trying to wipe their hands of of the old regime and and trying to to rebuild. So it's good because I mean that looks like that look it seems like they're looking long term as opposed to like trying to to throw you know patch them together just get to the playoffs. The,
2: the and what's it called? So I I want to talk about Tyra Taylor because like Chester says, you know, for an ASD quarterback, not named Brady, he's elite. <laughs> do, you, do you think, like, if, if we're going to 2018 and we're building with these, you know, six early draft picks and we're trying to, uh, you know, maybe play it safer with the Jordan Matthewses of the world instead of Watkins, who's good when uh, healthy but is almost always injured, like, when the time comes where the roster is, we like to say, from 2 to 53, you know, everyone outside the starting quarterback is, is like, a top 10 roster,
3: is Tyra Taylor, like, the guy who can take you to, like, win playoff games? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I truly think that he's actually capable of doing that, but he's he's never had a supporting cast that can help him. I mean last year our, our wideout situation was abysmal, you know. Watkins was out for most of the season, you had Robert Woods pretty much carrying the load, and then uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin occasionally would contribute, but like that's not enough to um to sustain us, you know, in in the league. Um obviously our, our rushing attack was great. It was first first in the league, but that's not enough. You have to have some sort of passing game, too. So now that I think that he's got Anquan Bolden, he's got, um, you know, uh, Zay Jones, he's got Andre Holmes, at least gives him some sort of options that he didn't have previously.
1: So you're, you think the receivers are better with the departure of Sammy Watkins and the injury to Jordan Matthews? I uh, mean, Anquan Bolden was in a nursing home until two weeks ago when you signed him.
3: Nah, he's, he had eight touchdowns last year. I mean, he's, he's still doing. Yeah. And most of them are red zone touchdowns, is where we really struggled. So I, again, I, I don't think, again, he's. Uh, uh, a panacea i don't think he's gonna totally right the ship but i think it's uh, in place you know of uh, sammy watkins sure yeah because sammy watkins was was injured half the season it's, it's there's no point having an elite receiver if he's not playing so i think this this trade actually makes sense
1: T- tyrod is just such a weird guy to me because you know i've been on his bandwagon two years ago i ranked him as the number seven quarterback in the league last year, i ranked him as the number 11 quarterback in the league so you know just looking at the statistically, he he seems like a quarterback you can win with. But the reality is, yeah, they're 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 a run heavy team. They have like the best running game in the league. And I think like one of the bottom three passing games, which is not, you know, a strong endorsement of your quarterback. And again, like the team disrespects him so much that they basically said, here, take a pay cut or we're going to we're going to fire you basically this offseason. And this isn't an offseason when people are desperate for quarterbacks. I mean, you know, as right. long as they don't, as long as they don't stand up for, you know, the rights of, you know, poor <laughs> black people. <basically>. Well, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. uh, there is one mean, quarterback who's available, but other than that, I um, mean, so I, it I just—I I can't tell. Like Tyrod Taylor, how is he perceived around the league? Is he an asset or not? It's just—it's hard no. to tell.
3: No, he's definitely an asset. I don't think the, the passing situation, like you said, third from the bottom, is an indictment of Tyrod. I think that's, that speaks more to our our receivers than anything. Like when when Sammy was healthy, he put up numbers. That's great. But you can't just rely on one receiver, especially if he's if he's injured. So I think other uh, teams would be happy to get Tyrod. Um, I'm not sure if they would want to pay whatever 20 million dollars that he was asking for, but I definitely think he's you know like you said in the top you know 10 15 quarterbacks in the league.
1: So he will be the quarterback for the Bills the next time they make the playoffs.
3: Uh, I want to say that because I don't know when the Bills are going to make the playoffs.
1: <laughs> I, I, I mean, any of us be alive? be alive the next time the Bills make the playoffs? Uh, they, they will be. I mean, the last. So, wait, time so they the made- Bills have not made the playoffs since 2000. Is that correct? Since the Music City Miracle?
3: That is correct. Since uh, I was that's a junior in high school. Wonderful. Yeah, that's that's really <laughs> incredible.
1: Point. Um. Yeah. So, let me ask you another question. Shady, you know, you, LaShawn McCoy did as well or better than expected coming into the year last year. And as we said, the team had the number one rushing uh, attack. To me, it strikes me a little bit like he's almost an injury waiting to happen because just, you know, any running back to stay healthy is a risk, although they showed that they could run even without him. so So maybe that's not a concern. Offensively you think they're gonna have a little more balance with, with you know with the rookie Zay Jones or the elderly yeah, and Quan Bolden or whatever. But let's talk about the defense for a second. So so first of all, it's a as a Bills fan who's dealt with the Patriots, I'm sure that you know it is a stone cold lock that both Stephon Gilmore and Mike Gillisley are gonna be stupendous for the Patriots this year.
3: Of course. Every single yeah. player that shows any kind sort of flash yeah. success with the Bills turns into a superstar with the Patriots. That's like yeah. that's, that's been the story of the past fifteen years.
1: Yeah, but so you lost Gilmore, Corey Graham, Aaron Williams. Basically, they're totally redoing the secondary. Right. This is a yeah. defense that w- struggled under Rex Ryan, you know, not what one would have hoped or expected from Rex Ryan. So so what, what do you feel about the defense coming into the year?
3: Well, I think it's going to go – I mean, it's going back to the 4-3 defense, which is, I think, going to be beneficial and plays more to the assets of the players we have here. I mean, Rex Ryan's 3-4 really wasn't suited – you know, we, we drafted Shaq Lawson, who in Clemson was in the 4-3. Shaq Lawson didn't know why he got drafted, <laughs> you know, under <laughs> Rex Ryan's defense. Um, so now that we're going back to the four three, I think it'll be a lot better. Previously, under Jim Schwartz, again we had a, we had like a top three or four. I want to say top four or five defense in the in, in the league. Um, and as soon as Rex Ryan came in, everyone thought it would get even better, and then it's the exact opposite. So I think. They were moving back to the 4 Three will, will will really help. And with regards to the loss of, of Gilmore and Darby, it's going to be tough. We do have Tradyus White, who's you know shown shown himself to be um, clearly a starter in the Bills. And
1: uh, and Micah Hyde also, right?
3: Right, exactly. So we, we do have some substitutions that can help with that. Um, but I'm I'm hoping personally that the front four, you know, Shaq Lawson, Kyle Williams, Marcel Darius, and Jerry Hughes will be able to, to bring enough pressure to, you know, to to, to at least. Give our, our quarterbacks a rest. Yeah. By the way, Dale, I will say, Dale, I had the same response. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Mario Williams is he not there anymore? No, no he's been oh. gone. Oh. We have Lorenzo Alexander. Uh, sorry, Lorenzo Alexander, who actually was supposed to be just a special teamer and you know uh, maybe I think you know occasional uh, backup, and now he he had a breakout season last year. He like twelve and a half sacks. I the Pro yeah, Bowl.
2: He only had nine his entire career. He's been in the league since 06, but. Uh and <laughs> that's sort of why he you know he was barely he wasn't even signed till recently um i i will say beware of the now that rex is gone we're gonna get better because it didn't work for the jets well they did go <laughs> 10 and six but it was you know one of the weakest 10, ten and sixes of all time um and you know the whole organization fell apart after rex so it's hard to follow rex because also he's such a players coach that i feel like whoever comes in is going to be viewed as like an you know intractable like hard ass and and it's gonna yeah. be like, tough for the players to sort of deal with that.
3: But I think it's needed. I mean, we were worse in the in, in the league for penalties uh, like twice in a row. I mean, well, that's a Rex Ryan staple. <laughs> but 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 that's the problem, is that we were killing ourselves with penalties. You can't afford to, to, to lose as many yards and penalties as we did in the past couple of years and expect to win. I I was shocked last year watching Bill's
2: games at how many guys they had playing significant snaps who were really just like on the waiver wire three weeks earlier, who you know didn't make, you know, just you know he had who had let's say Rex had had in Jets camp three years earlier, but couldn't make the team when Jeremy Curley was their number one. And I mean, the roster receivers, the names are more familiar now than they were last year. But you know, if Jordan Matthews is hurt, like where do you see the one, two, three coming from? And like, who is there anybody on the team other than Matthews that has a chance to you know for nine hundred, a thousand yards receiving?
3: Uh, I mean, I think, like I said, Zay Jones, I mean, he – I think he set the the D1 record for a number of receptions in a year. So, I think he'll be heavily targeted. He was more of a slot receiver, but hopefully with the departure of uh, Watkins, he can move up a little bit. Andre Holmes looked pretty good. Rod Streeter looks also pretty decent. So, I'm not sure if that will be the final one, two, three. Um, I think Aquan Bolden will probably be number one, probably Andre Holmes or Zay Jones number two, and Rod Streeter three. But – I don't like. I said I don't, it's not an elite core, but yeah. I think it's enough. I mean, you could and, have and, and,
2: and, anyone in the league could have added Quan Bolden
3: for the minimum, basically. You know, two weeks ago. And he's exactly. Yeah, it. and and Jordan Matthews. Hopefully, I mean, literally in his first practice, he he chipped his sternum. Hopefully, uh, he'll be able to recover a little bit. Uh, but like I said, I, I don't really have hopes for this year being amazing. I think it's going to be you know a middling year, eight and eight, nine and seven tops. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what, what sense, before we go to the roster game, America's uh, favorite recurring segment, what what sense have you got for McDermott? Like, is he, did he go the opposite way of Rex? Is he, like, a hard-ass? Is, is you know, do you think he's smart?
0: I'm smart! Not like everybody says! Like, dumb! I'm smart!
2: What have you seen from McDermott? Because we've heard about him for a while, but I don't know much about him.
3: Yeah, I mean, he seems like he's playing this role of, like, uh, the new sheriff in town, and, he, you know, it's going to be... Emphasis on discipline and whatnot, which I think is needed. Like, like let's be honest, Rex, you know, Rex Ryan, the players' coach, you know, let his his, his uh, players—I won't say run wild, but it's—he it, it certainly didn't instill the discipline needed to to succeed at the highest level. So, um, I, I think the first thing that uh, McDermott did was like take the pool table out of the out of the out of the, the, yeah. the the locker room, or something like that. So, did not get now. a
2: Tyrod Taylor tattoo.
3: He did not, not that I know of, and he, and he certainly didn't paint his car, so, you know. <laughs> that car now must be so sad. I don't know what he how he painted that car. It's, 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 it's a Clemson
2: car now. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because his yeah, kid goes his there. because his son is the 98th man on Clemson. Uh, exactly. His son is the water boy for Clemson. Um. All right, so it's time for the roster game. Pick a number between 1 and 100, please, Dale. Uh, 27.
3: Oh, 27, okay. Who is Deion Dawkins? So Dion Dawkins is our—he just got drafted. Uh, he's the right tackle, I want to say. I don't know if he's actually going to play. I think he's just going with, with the second string. Hmm.
2: Okay, that's good. Most uh, what a What a phenomenal game. You're playing. <laughs> he's their second round pick. He might he, if he's not playing this year. Uh, they're they're not ready to move him to left tackle yet. It
3: says, but he'll get there eventually. Right. That, so I think he he played left tackle most of his career, but I think he's more doing right tackle now. From the football yeah, he's, he's te- of
2: the Temple Owls. Of Temple, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, so oh. Dale,
1: I, I have the Bills going 7-9 this year. let um, are over under, Chester. Ooh, that would be a helpful piece yeah, of information.
2: Yeah, for now on, uh, when don't you, you get that dialed up, because I think we're going to ask that to everyone. We didn't do it for the Pats guy, because we would just ask them 16-0 or not. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, what do you think Dion Dawkins' 40-yard uh, uh, dash The, the Buffalo Bills over under is 6 by the way,
2: you know what's Six? depressing? Yeah. While 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 Dale thinks about that, these these guys drafted now were born in 1994.
0: Yeah. I know. And drafted now does not
2: really remember 9/11. That's crazy. They might. Yeah, they Wait, seven, so there's
1: seven. so there's some millennials because aren't millennials are people who like that's like their first like like big moment of their lives, right? Right. So you're saying these guys are like sub millennials?
2: Yeah, they're. I I don't know when they're, millennials end. No, I think millennials end a little bit late, like '97. Yeah, because I think
3: before you like you were aware of it, you know. They're, they're they're late late millennials. I think Gen Z starts at 2000. Well, yeah. I, I think yeah, ultimately okay. the difference, like my sister was born in 2001,
2: and I think ultimately like the difference will be that we were born in the 1900s. That will be all. You know the
1: because <laughs> the she, 1900s. You once said
2: at the at the dining room table, like you guys are old. You were all born in the 19s. And you know how we, you ever meet someone when you were little who was born in like 1898, and you're like, "Holy cow, that's like an ancient mofo." You know, no, you never, you no never met someone born in like 1899. No, I mean, wait, well, yes, you <laughs> did. When you were a little kid, any any like great grandparent who was who was you know 90 years old. First of all, all
1: my great grandparents died before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm named after my grandfather. Like he okay. like because, he was dead, before you I was never born.
2: Never met an old person in when you were seven or eight.
1: So when I was seven in 1990, did I meet somebody who was older than 90 years old? And I, I suppose it's – I'm sure I've been in the, the same concept, room. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure I've been in the same room as people born in the 19th century, but I never had a conversation well, with somebody like, about it. No, You
2: never thought like, wow, there's someone alive born in like 1899, and man, that's crazy. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, oh, I've I mean, thought of the I concept. Mean, concept. Yeah, yeah, I've thought of the concept. To of. Like the- <laughs> well, just, to, uh,
3: just, you know, we, 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 we have a term for our generation. We're like sort of the early millennials. I think, we're, I think our generation is technically called the um, the Oregon Trail generation because we're just later. enough. In between
1: to- Gen X and and millennials, right? Exactly. Yeah, we're like on the border, yeah. Right. But, I was
2: speaking of but the, we, but we probably
1: Keith and I proudly identify as Gen X and not as millennials. We're anti-millennials oh, millennial on this millennial. podcast. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I'm
2: a millennial for sure.
1: Oh, well, you're a millennial because your pop culture knowledge only goes back to like '95. So,
2: but speaking of older <laughs> people, so I was with my grandfather for the last week or so, and I, I, uh, he grew up right near Yankee Stadium in the Polo Grounds. And he was a, uh, a uh, New York Giants fan, and he has been a baseball agnostic since what year did the Giants leave? Not 51, 55? 58. 58. So he's 58, been a baseball agnostic now for uh, you know, 60 years. Uh, he likes baseball, but he hasn't had a favorite team for 60 years. Um, oddly, he became a Jets fan at my age and has, been, and has been a Jets season ticket holder for 53 years.
1: But hold on. But Akiva, he hates the Yankees, though, right?
2: Hates, uh, no, he hates the Dodgers.
1: Okay, Okay. so he's, yeah, okay. He,
2: I once I once forgot I like when that. I was a kid. Like I like the idea of somebody a- who doesn't have
1: a team they like, they only have teams yeah. they hate. <laughs> uh, I
2: was like, Grandpa, were you a Dodgers fan or a Giants fan growing up? He's like, Akiva, I wasn't nearly dumb enough to be a Dodgers fan. Um, but anyway, so I said, did you ever go to a World Series game? Because I know he lived like two blocks from, I think, Yankee Stadium and probably not so far from the pole grounds. And he said, yeah, I went to game three of the 1942 World Series. So I looked it up. Can you tell me who played the 1942 World Series, Chester? Uh,
1: 42? Yeah. See, the, the World War Two years are so hard because everybody who was decent was yeah, out that's fighting what the
2: war. He went through, like, all right, he and he remembered, like, who volunteered, who was drafted, like, he really knew, you know. But you forget. I mean, it about was that, in right? New York,
1: so I assume it's the Yankees, but I don't know who they played. Yeah, well,
2: obviously it's the Yankees because he had to go to the game, but Yankees yeah. Cardinals. So it was Musial and Nito Slaughter. Uh, for the Cardinals and the oh. Yankees had Rizzuto. Oh
1: well, was, why? Wait, why was a mutual sir? Uh, Stan Musial,
2: um, I think, gets called DiMaggio after served. the year, and Dimaggio calls after oh. the year. Too. Uh, he he gave me the answer, but oh. I forgot. But
1: oh yeah, obviously forty-two. Yeah, Dimaggio,
2: Dickey, Rizzuto. I mean, that's crazy that he's at this game. And you want to guess the starting pitchers, Cardinals and Yankees in nineteen forty-two? Like of all seven games? No, just of of the game three that he went to, the first home game for the Yankees. Oh. Uh, I don't know tell me Bernie White who threw a six-hit shutout and Spud Chandler who got the loss but only gave up Spud three hits in the innings. Oh, okay not bad. Um yeah I just thought that was that was uh it was funny that he randomly went to I asked him like hey you ever go he's like yeah I went to game 3 in 1942 World Series like oh okay <laughs> And uh he's like, he went to a he went to a Joe Lewis fight. Like he went to I forgot, he went to all these like crazy sporting events.
1: By he's the just... way, Spud Chandler, uh the next year, nineteen forty three, uh he gets awarded the Chester Cy Young Award.
2: Oh yeah. I I wish he was still yeah. it says he was born in nineteen oh seven a baseball reference and does not list his death, so maybe we could call him up and tell him about it. If he's true. And they just didn't forget to list his death date. Uh he died in nineteen ninety, so RIP Spuddy, but congrats you. What his real name is Spurgeon. Congrats you really won the Chester. Sunday. Anyway, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Dale, over under six games for the Bills win.
1: Over. And by the way, I need to point out. I said how oh you know they, they can't lose so many because they're playing the Jets twice, but they actually have the fifth hardest schedule in the league. So other than those Jets yeah. games, their schedule's and not the, easy. And the Jets
2: and the Bills always play close games, even if one of those teams thinks it's a divisional game. Yeah, they're sure. terrible,
3: but it's not like they're going to lose every game forty nine nothing. I mean, I don't think the Bills are going to be – like I said. I, I'm I'm pretty confident they'll get at least six ones. As bad as the Bills have been for the past 17 years, I think they've only gone down to six and ten once. So they usually get around seven and nine or eight and eight. Uh, so I, yeah, I the I, perfect
1: spot to not get uh you know a top ten draft pick basically.
3: No, exactly. And that's the thing, and that, that's all the more reason why I'm I'm happy they're getting six draft picks in the first three rounds because at least they'll be able to to um. You know do some damage or pick up some good some good picks early
1: yeah yeah, you know Akiva. Right, what else do you have for? I hope family?
2: the bills go eight and eight because those draft picks will get really good if uh if they're bad yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's what I'm hoping. so may you guys go eight and eight from now till eternity? And hopefully uh we will we will pass you in five years. Are you worried about the Jets getting Sam Darnold and all of a sudden becoming good or no? You shouldn't be.
3: No absolutely not.
2: No. Are you are no, you concerned I, I, that now the Bills I, are for sure gonna be the second best team in the division? Did you think the Bills were better than the Dolphins pre Tannehill injury? And do you think they were
3: they are now? Um I think the Dolphins are gonna be tough. I, I think they'll probably uh we'll probably split with the Dolphins, but they'll probably still beat us in the division. Yeah, you're probably right, Chester. We got anything else for the Bills?
2: I know these AC teams are, are tough to get excited about because they're either really good or not, 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 uh, not great with no ceiling.
1: Yeah, not really. I'm currently using my brother's uh, uh, academic account to get a, the uh, discounted rate for NFL Sunday ticket. But if it doesn't go through <laughs> Dale, I might need to ask for your <laughs> edu email address.
3: <laughs> done and done. Oh, well, you get a free
2: you get a free I mean, Sunday ticket with edu.
1: No, 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 but it's a hundred bucks, supposed to like two hundred fifty. Oh yeah, I, my yeah, uh,
2: NFL. Uh, what's it called? Game Pass. What's the international one called?
1: The greatest thing in the world, one
2: hundred ninety nine dollars, and I would spend ten thousand for it. Um, uh-huh. It uh, it auto renewed, which is the best thing. It's like I didn't even have to make the decision. It just like yep. Oh uh, yeah, it's like a scam. My dad was pissed about that though. I, it's not a scam. It should. I. I. You know, it's too good. <laughs> it like you don't have to re. You know, re- you don't have to like redo Netflix every month. It just auto. It's there. Although there is nothing worse than yeah, like, I, c- I had like a free month of the WWE Network and I didn't cancel it and they charged me. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Like, why are you charging me ten bucks? And I should have been. like, I, I hear can't Movie Pass them. came out I with ten dollars because it was free. Like, don't don't give me don't. I'm not paying ten dollars for something I'm not going to watch. But I don't think that would worked. I didn't do it.
3: You see, Mo- Mo- Movie Pass came out with ten dollars. Yeah, that's I posted
2: that online today. I don't know what this is, and I don't go to the theater famously. Um, but uh, the that's Chester. Like this, you should sign up for this. You go to movies for ten dollars a month this is like a crazy scam like uh, you know yeah,
1: you know how many movies i go to this a is year. Like I a Bernie like Madoff. Movie if you go year.
2: to one movie a year i think it's worth it like this is a bernie madoff style scam there's something dale <laughs> there's something very wrong it's like there's too good to be true and then there's like yeah you can just go to all the movies you want for ten dollars for the whole year doesn't make any sense but you know what it's,
3: it's gonna be like netflix because it's an auto renew thing that people are gonna like oh, they're oh gonna yeah like, i'm gonna try, go they're see gonna a bunch change of it next month to
2: like eight thousand dollars a month
3: or people are just going to forget, like they do with Netflix and Hulu, and they're going to pay for it and not use it. If
2: our guest coming on soon, Sinensky, is listening, and he uh, famously goes to movies by himself, like foreign films by himself, uh, like because he doesn't he what needs to watch hundred. He watched what did he watch? One hundred thirteen movies last year. Um, what? like new. I think movies. it was like one hundred thirty seven new movies last year. So he watches every single thing that comes out. Um, so he could really use that. We'll sell that to him next. Uh, what let, this is the end of the podcast. Can I can I give you guys something? Or Dale, are you a fantasy football guy? Say
3: it again. Are you a fantasy football? Oh, guy? My, my fantasy. Yeah, but I play in a pick'em league. Okay, it's a, it's a little different. I want something by you uh,
2: quickly because I was having an argument with not an argument, but a discussion with Chester's brother. We're starting a new fantasy football league. Did you know this, Chester? That me, your brother and I are in a new fantasy
1: football league. Is he leaving the league he's in with no. The no. cheaters? By the way, and this is insane. Actually, tell that story. That's crazy. Yeah so my brother's in this league with these clowns and like they're friends and so because they're all sort of and like when they had all started it they had never done fantasy football before and i include my brother in this so this is like year three and my brother uh, you know thanks partly to my help has been like top two or three in the league every year so last year my brother has like the best team by far all season and right at the trade deadline the guy at dead last place trades like zeke Elliott and aaron Rodgers or something like that i forget exactly zeke Elliott and some other quarterback to the guy in first who's in second place behind my brother for nothing for literally nothing Mm -hmm. and my brother's like apoplectic at the time but he doesn't really under you know he doesn't I know, know what he can say about like it. He's like, you, like this right? trade is really a
2: calmer, I think, in general. He's not like the <laughs> go-over-the-top crazy person.
1: Anyway, so but it was a ridiculous trade, and and I told him at the time. But you know there was nothing he could do about it. So then, and so the other guy ends up beating my brother in the playoffs, and he wins the championship. So then at the at like the end of the season party, when they've had a little bit of us various substances in their body, the two guys admitted, "Oh yeah, by the way, we colluded," and he gave me forty percent of the winnings, which is like by definition the only thing you're not allowed to do in fantasy sports. Like that is the definition of cheating. And my brother goes nuts, and the commissioner's like, "Oh, so what? Who cares?" And then, so my brother basically ropes me into an email chain with the guy in the league who's sort of like the most level-headed. And and, and, and me and that guy have a conversation where I sort of convince that guy you got to do something. So that guy works on the commissioner. And so the, disc- the decision they make is, okay, fine. So we're not giving any money back. The guy who won still wins. But next year, they have $10 reduced on their budget for the auction. And now with the auction about to happen in the next week or so, the commissioner's like, you know what, guys? That really wasn't fair to them. Let's just give them their $10 back. So my brother emails me and Akiva. He's like, should I still be in this? Like, what should I do? And we're like, get the hell out of this league and put these people in prison. It's
2: it's insane. They should be in jail. Like, I I really think –
1: Donald Trump Trump wouldn't even do that.
2: I was thinking today, I had a long – I was on the plane and I thought, would Donald Trump have done that? And I have bad news for you. I came up with that he would definitely do that. (laughs) He wouldn't. Ah, My first thought was Trump wouldn't do that. But I realized he would. But then I thought Kim Jong-un probably wouldn't do it.
1: But you know what happened, but he, the people he was in the league with, they would kick him out of the league, and then he would announce, oh, I won the league, it was the dumbest league ever, I'm the best guy ever, and I quit the league because I was too good, is basically how oh, he would emerge. Oh, for sure, so he
3: would definitely get caught. He got, yeah. he, he, he got tired of winning. Too much yeah, winning exactly. in the league, yeah. <laughs> it, it was very yeah, so, um, so, my, so that's the absurd. You know,
2: we're recording three shows tonight, so I'll save my other fantasy stories for the uh, the next two podcasts at the end. But um, I think, are we good, uh, Dale? Thank you so much for coming on. You know, we – Dale, you might not know this, but we usually talk to the go- the teams who are in the playoffs. So it is possible that we could have you on again in January, but very unlikely. Well,
3: I, I – <laughs> Oh, yeah. Dale's never known I, that.
2: I would, I would be ecstatic. Dale's, Dale's a one-time-a-year guest. If this was, a one if time this a this time was the <laughs> 17th year of the podcast, you would still be, uh, you know, a 17-time, one-time guest on our show. But one day I know, I know. we'll be there, and we will definitely have you on. But oh, Oh, I do have one more thing for Dale. The Bills Mafia. How, like, involved are you in the Bills Mafia and jumping on? I am not. I
3: I disavow all knowledge of anything (laughs) to do with the Bills Mafia. I do go back because you don't
2: live in Buffalo anymore. So do you go back for a game? game?
3: Yeah, I usually go back for a game, usually like week 16, week 17. What's your parking lot hijinks, uh, you know, status? So, our friend, friends of mine actually have a Bills bus that I usually go on. So,
2: oh boy! So we,
3: we go there. We go there pretty early. We get there like eight in the morning, and uh, usually by one o'clock, it's uh, it's a pretty good situation. Yeah. And uh, and then that's that's all I remember. <laughs> I feel like
2: I feel like the women in the Bills Mafia are even more serious than the men. I, I don't know why.
3: They, they... They do take it pretty seriously. I wouldn't under don't under, underestimate them. Yeah, I wouldn't start a fight with them.
1: Well, Kiva, I, I know I've, I've, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but the first uh, NFL game I ever went to, other than at the Metrodome, was in 1997. I went to the Vikings Bills game in Week One. Oh, when you were in, in, in Buffalo. Florida. Yeah, we drove down from Toronto, It was like an hour and a half drive. And uh, when Robert Smith pulled off like an 80-yard touchdown run, I was jumping up and down in celebrating with my dad. And I got a uh, beer and a popcorn poured on me. So and yeah. this is like. A 13-year-old kid who they were, you know. I think that's, like that's Father that's, Robert that's,
3: Smith to you, or whatever he is now. That, that, that's pretty. That's uh, par for the course. That's not
2: unusual. <laughs> all right, so Dale, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, thanks for having me. Um, all right, we'll be back with uh, with team three, with the third of 32. where hopefully 32 teams uh, uh, later today, tomorrow. I don't know when you're posting these, Chester. Well,
1: usually we do one okay, a day. works I'm new here. <laughs> all right, all right, Dale. Thanks so much.
3: Thank you for having me, guys.
1: Take care. And and good luck against the Patriots, obviously.
3: Uh, and thank the you. will uh, need it. And the
1: Jets, because the people wants to lose. Yeah. All right.
3: Thanks, guys. Take
1: care. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs>
2: The tombs, honey.